Yo, welcome to Beast Podcast. And if you don't know, Beast stands for bringing empowerment and skills together. And that's exactly what we strive to do on this show. We talk life skills, we talk financial literacy, we talk personal development. All these things are going to help you be a better you. So stay tuned and enjoy the show. Yo, yo, yiggity, yo, yiggity, yo. Welcome back to the Beast Podcast. It is your host, Day Sean Beasley. And on today's show, special guest, Matt Brewer, a basketball coach um, and trainer, uh, Middlesex Magic. Um, the list goes on, Concord Academy um, coach. Um, and in this episode, we really talk about his journey and how he got started into basketball and why he's doing what he's doing. Um, which again, um, the why is so important, guys, ladies and gentlemen, who are listening. Their, your why is so important. Um, that's one of the few things that we touched about, but we also talked about the player development process and how we can, um, you know, things that players should take into consideration as they're preparing, you know, this off season and getting into AAU and things of that nature. So um, a, a very nice conversation. Um, yeah, um, how I got acquainted with Matt. Um, actually, it's through one of the players that, that I train, uh, Cole Shannon, uh, one of the hardest workers I, I've ever seen. Um, his AAU coach, Matt Brewer, is his AAU coach. And Cole mentioned, like, hey, like, you should link up with my AAU coach. Like, you guys, um, like, are very similar. Like, I think you guys would be a good match. Like, this is an eighth grader. Uh, you talk about wise beyond his years. So I decided to reach out to him, ask him on the podcast, and um, you'll get an insight on our conversation. So hopefully you guys enjoy. Yo, yo. What's right. going on? We are live. I'm here with Matt Brewer, Coach Brewer. Uh, so for everybody who hops on the podcast, I didn't tell you this part pre-show, but I ask everybody to just introduce themselves and give three things that they're grateful for. So I'll pass over to Mike and let you go ahead and take it away. Sure. Well, I'm uh, Matt Brewer, Coach Brewer, um, you know, Matt Brewer BB on social, if you want to find me there. Um, so obviously, being a basketball coach, I am grateful for the sport um, and everything it has done for me and for others. Um, I'm grateful for, you know, the support system I have around me um, you know, parents, friends, coaching, coaching mentors, um, and people that have helped guide me, um, and get me where I'm at right now. Um, and I'm grateful for health. You know, it's our greatest asset in life. And I've been fortunate, um, you know, that I'm allowed to be on my feet. I wake up, um, and I get to do something I love every day. Mm. Amen. Amen. Well, go, go ahead and kind of take us into uh, a day in the life of coach Brewer. Like, what is it? you know, first kind of, you know, where are you from? Who are you? Um, and kind of like, what do you currently do right now? Kind of uh, take it away, bring us up to speed. Yeah. So right now I'm, uh, I'm living in Lowell, Mass. Um, I've been in Massachusetts basically my whole life. Um, you know, I played, uh, played my high school ball at Burlington high school, go red devils. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, I went in, to Endicott College in Beverly, Mass for my four-year education. Um, I actually went to Endicott initially with plans to play football. Um, I was a better 
better football player in high school than I was a basketball player. Um, I quickly found out that I didn't love that like I thought I did. <laughs> um, so I moved, shifted gears and, you know, tried out for the basketball team and, you know, was fortunate to be a member of Ennecott men's basketball. Um, but I came to the harsh realization after sophomore year, we brought in a loaded class of recruits um, and any chance I ever had of seeing the floor kind of disappeared before my eyes. So um, I made the decision then to shift over to the role of student assistant for my junior and senior years at Endicott. Um, and through that, along with, you know, one of the great things that Endicott does for, for all students um, is require three internships. Um, so between, you know, being a student assistant and uh, a couple of my internships, that's kind of what got me into coaching. Um, mm. You know, so I looked at a couple of finance jobs initially coming out of college, but, um, you know, I fell in love with coaching. I fell in love with training. Um, and I've been slowly trying to build that up and, you know, carve out a, carve out a place for myself in this industry. Word. So, so what was it that actually got you like tuned into coaching? Like, I know obviously the student assistant, um, at Endicott, but like, what about it? Like, what about coaching that, that, that gives it that spark that kind of lights you up that makes you want to do it? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and I think, you know, as coaches, it's important that we always ask ourselves, like, I like to do it at least once a year. Uh, what's our why? You know, wh why are we doing what we're doing? Um, you know, and for me, it's it's really like I grew up, you know, I played for, for dad coaches, um, you know, and then I had a, you know, it was kind of a tough tough experience um at Burlington High School at the time I was there we were in between coaches and you know I I, I wasn't having the most fun playing um <laughs> as I finished up high school so you know I've always loved the game I've always been around the game um so part of it initially was you know seeing my experience in Burlington and you know how many of our kids just don't have access to to great coaching mm. Um, that was part of it. Um, but for me, it's, it's, it really always just comes back to relationships. Um, and, you know, using the game as a means to teach kids, um, so many great life skills and, and leadership abilities and, you know, time management. And mm -hmm. there's just so many things that the game can do, um, beyond just, you know, keeping score and, the game itself pretty much to kind of summarize it it sounds like you know being that coach that you wish you had when you were playing um because you said you were talking about uh you had a lot of dad coaches people who maybe love the game but weren't really teachers of the game because it's too different and i'm sure you've seen it a lot of times you know coaching aau with some of the teams you maybe even coach against where there's one difference between knowing the game and then actually being able to teach others how to play the game so um, that was kind of like the gist or at least what I gathered uh, from what you were saying as far as like what got you into it and what, you know, what kind of lights you up about coaching. Yeah. I mean, you, you pretty much, you probably said it better than I did. <laughs> it takes, it, it's teamwork, my friend. That's right. Teamwork. But I do, I do want to circle back to, um, because you said at Endicott, you played football, 
but you decided to try out for basketball. So this segment is going to be for those players because I, just like you, um, I ended up walking on to all the schools that I played for in college. I walked on. So I kind of wanted you to share that that experience as far as trying out for a college program and what that was like, Um, because I'm sure that there's some players who maybe they didn't have a great high school career or maybe they're even just trying out for their high school teams. And they're trying to figure out, like, how can I make, you know, how can I make the squad? How can I how could I get on? Like, what are some things that you would, I guess, advise that player in that situation who's looking to walk on or try out for a team? Yeah, sure. And I, I think the, the first thing I want to mention is that, you know, we have a certain idea of what college athletics are when we're in high school. Um, and we quickly find out that it's something entirely different once mm-hmm. we get there. Um, so for me, for football anyway, it was, you know, some of the things I loved about high school and the sense of community and the brotherhood and, um, you know, wearing our jerseys on Friday. And, you know, there's just a real real sense of community around the sport. Um, And that was not the case once I got to college. Um, You know, there are 90 90 kids on the roster and um, it was just different. So you gotta, you gotta really love it, especially if you're at the non-scholarship level Mm -hmm. Um, because it takes up so much of your time. Um, But basically in the fall, obviously basketball is a winter sport. We all know that. Um, October 15th is, you know, day one for college basketball in D3. So leading up to that, they have lots of open gyms. Um, the captains will organize practices, you know, pre the off season work is pretty much nonstop. You know, you Mm -hmm. play basketball in the winter, but you're involved in basketball related activities all year. Um, so yeah, I was able to make a couple connections when I first got on campus. And, you know, obviously the at Endicott, it's the, the post center. That's where, where our gym was and that's where the weight room is. And, you know, just spending time around it. I was like, well, I like playing. Like, let's see if there's an opportunity. Um, who do I need to talk to? Um, how do I how do I see if this actually is an opportunity for me? Mm. Um, and that's my skills or my, the things I did, which allowed me um, to take advantage of that opportunity was I was a relentless defender, aggressive, physical. Um, You know, I get, I, I'm sure some of my high school teammates would call me borderline homicidal. (laughs) I see it was one of those. Yeah. Yeah, I got after it on D I got after it and I love to rebounds. Amen. Um, so I did a lot of the dirty work and I could hit an open shot. Mm. Um, I was not very skilled. Again, that's kind of a product of what we've already alluded to with, uh, the coaching I had growing Mm -hmm. up. Um, but I could hit open shots and I was a maniac on defense. Mm. Um, so I brought value, which, you know, obviously ultimately ended up being just value at practice and helping, you know, as this guy on the scout team, uh, making your teammates better. Um, and helping them prepare for the opportunity to to uh, to perform. And actually, I actually want to I actually want to stay there for a second because there's a lot of um, kids, even kids that I've, I'm training currently or in the past, where they might be on the squad, but they're not getting playing time, and they feel like that they're not bringing any value, that they feel like it's pointless. And being a person in high school in that position where I was pretty much a practice player, um, my junior and senior year, like. 
uh, I think people under underestimate the value of practice practice um you know being a practice player air quote like one you're getting you're getting game like reps two you're helping your teammates become better and three without you the main players don't get better so how do you go out there and how can you simulate how can you best simulate um you know those game situations where you got to go up against a guy who's scoring 20 a game you know you got to have some people on a practice squad who can give you that live simulation that live action feel and I feel like there's a lot of players who they're just like, oh, I'm not playing, so why should I go hard in practice? Or, oh, I'm not getting playing time, so why should I listen to what the coach says? Like, what would you say to a player like that who doesn't see the value in being a practice player and a part of the squad? Yeah, I think the the first word that comes to mind is humility. Mm. Yeah, I think it's important that, you know, for most – anyone who's has the privilege of playing after high school, because that's what it is mm-hmm. – Um most of those kids were all league MVPs, the best players on their teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a wake up call, especially as a freshman, you come on and, you know, it's, it's very rare um, that you have an opportunity to, you know, be in the rotation and be a major contributor right away. Um, mm-hmm. But regardless of the context, you know, this is a team sport. Um it requires you to recognize that you are part of something greater than yourself. Mm. Um, and every, and one person's success is everybody's success. One person's failure is everybody's failure. Mm. Um, so if, if the approach is, Oh, well, I'm not playing. Why should I work hard in practice? The entire team is going to suffer and your individual experience, whether you can see it now or not is going to suffer. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just about, you know, kind of taking the the spotlight off of yourself, being able to humble yourself, um, recognize that you are just one piece and your role, however small it might be right now, is still very crucial mm-hmm. to the overall function of the team. And any role you have now, you have the opportunity every day in the off season, every day at practice. And when you do get minutes, it's yet another opportunity for your role to evolve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, I forgot what, I think it was, uh, might have been Coach Chapman at Pie Manor. I think he may have said it, but he, he, had told, he had said something to a kid that really rang true. He said, he said, I don't want you to shoot in games because you don't shoot in practice. If you're not doing it in practice, why would I expect you to sh- do it in a game? And it was like, wow, like, players don't understand that like if you're not hustling in practice you're not doing those things in practice why would I give you that opportunity so like you said every day is a chance to evolve and grow in your role and and what you can do in your capacity you know that's big time yeah and and role acceptance is Mm. again we got 15 guys sometimes more especially with the, the whole pandemic and bigger rosters and extra years of eligibility like it's never been harder than it is right now for a high school player. Mm. Um, and it, you just have to be willing to go in with some humility, um, some patience, and continue to stay hungry. Absolutely. Absolutely. As we, as we begin to bring this to a close, man, if you had a final word to say, you know, let's say there's a kid in middle school, high school, but he's looking to go to the next level. So whether that be he's a freshman trying to get the JV, JV trying to get the varsity or a varsity guy, looking to make that roster spot and get some playing time in college. Like 
what are some key things as a player development coach and even a coach at, you know, the high school level and, you know, had some experience at the college level, like what are some things that you're going to tell that kid to focus on in the off season? Cause in season, it, you don't get a lot of time, you know, to, to work on your skill development because a lot of it is team practices. You got to find time outside of it, but a lot of the work has to be done in the off season. So what are you telling, you know, that kid or that player um, to kind of prepare him for that journey for that marathon, which it really is um, in this game of basketball. Yeah, you know, it's there are many ways to look at that. And, you know, some of it is depends on the player and their strengths and weaknesses. Are they big? They are small. Um, if we want to look just at the skill side of things. Um, but I know skills every coach is looking for. Can you put the ball in the basket? Everyone loves to focus on that. We all know that. Uh, but can you guard your position? Mm. Um, and every year you're moving forward reflects on am I a better if I played myself last year right now one-on-one would I destroy who I was last year or am I the same player I was Mm. Um, but in terms of individual skills that can be very case by case Um, Mm -hmm. I think one thing way too many kids overlook when it comes to the offseason is their academics Mm. Um, if you don't have a 3.0 and above, your opportunities are extremely limited. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, sometimes we, we worry just about being remaining eligible for the season when we play basketball. Um, but your transcripts, they're looking at everything. Um, and they want to see, are you challenging yourself in your courses? Um, you know, are you getting consistently good grades and, and I've like I have a kid right now who is you know waiting to hear back from Caltech, um, which is you know arguably the best institution on the planet. Mm. Um, and I had another kid who was interested in applying there, and you know talking to the head coach, you know who's involved in the admissions process over there. Um, you know he immediately brought up um, something he he saw from freshman year on a transcript. Mm. He's like, oh, I noticed he had a C in this course as a freshman. Um, and then now that might be like the one piece of the puzzle that could prevent him from potentially getting into one of the best schools on the planet. Mm. Um, so like, it's, it's, it's one of those things that a lot of kids take for granted. Like, oh, I'm doing well enough. Oh, my grades are good enough. Um, but good grades create more opportunities. Good grades are dollars. Mm. Um, mm, that's a bar mm. and, and we, I mean I know I'm still paying off my debt so if I could have uh, you know gotten a 3.6 instead of a 3.3 you know that could that might be $10,000 less in student loans I gotta I gotta pay off mm. um but yeah in terms of you know skill development and you know the actual on-court aspect of it you you gotta have a plan you gotta like talk to your high school head coaches, talk to your club coaches, um, put together a plan, write it down. It's, it's a lot, it's a lot easier to hold yourself accountable when your goals are written down and they're easily reflected on and they're easily referenced. Um, yeah, I think too, too much, uh, you know, you'll have the kids who will work and put time in, you'll get the, you know, the clock in clock out on Snapchat or whatever. Um, but how productive are kids actually being with the time they're putting in? 
Mm. Yeah, there are, I know a lot of kids who work hard, but I know just probably half of them or more are wasting a lot of their time. Right. Are you a gym rat or a gym technician? Exactly. I love that. Exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to it, but academics, I think, are, are too often overlooked. Um, mm-hmm. And then I think we're too random with how we approach our off-season work. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the season's over. All right, I'm free now. More time. <laughs> yeah, or like, hey, man, you want to go down and play some threes, and then, like, it's five minutes of series, three-on-three, and then they're just, like, shooting Steph Curry or Chris Paul spin fadeaways and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, I'd say, and then even one thing that I'll add to that list, like, if you are, you know, playing a lot of pickup with your friends, which is cool, right? Because I, I love to see it, yep. especially over the summertime, kids back outside playing. Like, that's one of the beauties of this pandemic is you kind of force people to get back outside and off of screens a little bit more. But, you know, I would just even advise just to challenge your friends. Like, you know, I feel like I see a lot of like just joking around having fun. But like, I feel like the fun is in competing. The fun is in bringing the best out of your peers. Like, that's what's fun. Like, pushing some buttons a little bit respectfully. Like, I think that's the element that's missing a lot and that I'm that I'm seeing. Like, I feel like players don't have um, that much. They don't have an edge. Like, they don't have, like, an edginess to them. It's just kind of like, oh, like, I play basketball and, like, this is fun and I like to work on – like, there's not an edge. There's not, like, a – and I don't really know how to explain it, but, but – um, yeah, you just got to, like, push your peers, like, when you are training or working out with them. That's the one thing that I'll definitely add to to that list, you know, with the, with the academics. That's big time because you, you hit the nail on the head. Like, like basketball season, I think you're only, you're only in school, really, what, November, <laughs> November, January, February. Like, those three months are those, um, you know, academic months for basketball. But outside of that, you still got – you know, four or five other months to really hone in on your academics. Student athlete, as as cliche as it is. Yeah, I mean, if you got goals to play after, I mean, you, you're just taking opportunities away from yourself if you're not if you're not doing your work in the in the in the classroom as well. Um, but that was a great point too. Like uh, me and you were we're wired different, and maybe it's a gener- generational thing. Um, like I see a lot of kids, if they if they try hard around their friends, they get like mocked for it, mm-hmm. right? Or if you're like the kid in gym class who's like getting buckets, they're like, oh, why is he trying so hard? It's like it's 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 too cool, mm-hmm. it, or it's better to be cool than to I don't know get better. Mm. It's almost like I don't even want to say laziness is 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 presented to be cool is deemed to be cool like not trying is cool like uh, and and I'm not sure like you said it could be a generational thing I'm not sure but I think that's kind of why we do what we do is to kind of bring back that edginess bring back that like no like we do this not because we're doing it for other people because internally like we have to have that internal drive we have to instill that character that everything I'm doing I'm going to do like with 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 the greatest you know at the greatest capacity that I'm able to like I'm trying to, you know, exude excellence with everything, not just enough. Yep. Yep. And I think, you know, ultimately as coaches or trainers or, you know, whatever our position is relative to these kids, it's, it's about being authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, 
because pretty much every coach is going to say the same things. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's that, like these kids are smart. Like they see through it. Mm-hmm. If you're not authentic in what you're saying and what more importantly, what you're doing, nobody's going to buy into it. And then, the, and when, and when respect is lost, that coach player relationship is just, it's, you're not yeah. going to get, not going to get the most out of it. Yeah. And it's hard to get that back too. For sure. But, but man, coach, we could talk ball all day, but I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day, man, to talk some basketball, talk some life, man. Hop on the, 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 the world premiere of your podcast debut. That's right. First time. I appreciate you, Beast. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. I'll be in touch, man. Have a blessed one. All right. Take care, man. Yeah, peace. Yo, thank you for listening to the Beast Podcast. We hope that you learned something and are empowered and inspired to be a better version of yourself. Uh, please go ahead and subscribe, like, share it with a friend, a family member, or anybody who can get some value from it. Uh, don't forget to rate and review the podcast. All right, y'all. Be great.